0: Broadway's My Beat, with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. When
1: the trade winds blow in from the Hudson and springtime nuzzles against Broadway, it's a season of promise. It's the time for weather talk and what shortstops holding out for what reason against what team. The good time. The man at the orange juice stand whistles while he shellacks his coconut and chops his onion thin. And the fellow next to you at the counter gives you half his newspaper. And the blonde you met last night calls the office and tells you not to be angry. Have a smile. It's that time of the year. No smiles where I was. Corridor where the world ends. Where death is catalogued on the other side of a swinging door. Anteroom to morgue. The man in vigil beside me. As
2: soon as I read in the paper about your people finding the girl, I had to see. I have to look at her, Mr. Clover. I doubt whether this is the girl you're looking for. Well, Mary Varden is about 32. She has dark hair that she combs straight back. I know,
1: Mr. Dorsey. We've got Missing's person, aren't we? For a week you've been coming here. And and... the
2: color of her eyes is blue. She's a very
1: lovely person. Yes.
2: Now, Mr. Clover, Mm -hmm. this girl... This girl you're going to show me now... Not identified.
1: Found in a cheap room. Asphyxiation. Faulty gas fixture. Probably accidental. Oh, what would Mary be doing
2: in a cheap room? I'm trying to tell you. Well, please. Please, I have to see her. All right. I never expected to meet anybody like Mary in my whole life. I've been coming to New York regularly. But this trip I met her, that was two weeks ago... I asked her to marry me at the end of the first week, and she said yes, and then all of a sudden she disappeared. That was a week ago. That's why I've been coming down here every day to see if... Uh... Okay, Mr. Dorsey. Wait. Wait just a minute, though. Please don't let her be Mary. Go ahead, Mr. Clover. Well? Oh, the poor girl. Yes, sir. no, no. Truly, yes. truly, oh, I'm sorry for this poor girl. And I'm thankful she's not married. You must understand, of course. Annie. Mm-hmm. Yes, what is it, Sergeant?
3: Mugovan just called. Homicide. Alley, back of West 3rd. Uh, here, here's the address.
2: Yeah. You all right, Mr. Dorsey? Oh, I'm all right.
3: But, uh,
2: I wonder... What, uh, uh, Would anybody mind if I just waited outside? They'll be bringing other people into this place, won't
1: they? Wait if you want. They'll be bringing other people in. Get me a squad car, Sergeant.
4: Oh, hi, Danny. Mugman? What about him? Beaten face, head. Let me get him downtown. I'll probably find other marks. Looks like that kind of effort was made on him. I'll shine the flash. You'll see what I mean. Yeah. That brick over there a little ways away from where his hand's reaching out? What about it? A bloodstains on it. I figure it's what finished the effort. The thing that killed him. Where his hand's reaching I out? You Find anything that... Uh-huh. Here, a couple things. A roll of bills in his pants pocket. Fifty bucks all told. It's a robbery's out. Let's see. Cigarettes. Uh, breath sweeteners in his coat. Inside breast pocket. This wallet. Identification card, uh, name, Tyler Gosden, address, Lane Hotel, West 39th Street, case of accident, notify, you. that part's blank. You'll finish up here, Yeah, I'll make the time for it.
5: You just buzz me anytime, time, Miss Tankersley. Uh, hold the phone, Miss Tankersley, there's someone at the desk. Uh, sir, just sign the register, it's right there by your elbow. Of course, Miss Tankersley. I'll bring it up myself. Bye. Sir, I said the register. Police. I want
1: some information.
5: Well, can it wait a bit? You see, I let
1: Miss Tankersley wait, shall we? You sound pretty terse. You try it too, huh? Some information about a guest in your hotel. Which
5: guest? Tyler Gosden. Oh, what mad thing has he done now? Huh? Last week, it was dressing as one of our bellhops, and... Look, All uh, I can say is that that wonderful couple who came here to spend their silver anniversary will never come here for their golden. Mr. Gosden was a prankster? He thought so. If you call using brown paper bags filled with water as bombs funny, if you call climbing into that potted palm over there... Mr.
1: Gosden is dead. He was found
5: beaten to death. Oh. Well, please understand... What? His funnies were never offensive, sir. At least, not to me... I certainly had no reason to dislike the man. So You're certainly. I, well, sir, I wouldn't know that. I stand here behind the desk and offer the register and answer the house phone and do like that when I want a boy front. Uh, uh, never, never mind, boy. I was just showing. The... That's all I do.
1: Well, all you've told me so far about Mister Gosden is that he was a practical
5: joker. Well, that's all I know about him. He did these funny things and everybody loved him. Who were his friends? Well, he was friendly to everybody. Made everybody laugh. He had two very dear friends, uh, lady friends, who called often. And when he was out, they always left their number. So often that I think I know it by memory. That's good. That's very good. Uh, here, I'll write it down for you so it won't slip your mind. There. He'll really be missed, Mr. Gosden Will, by those of us here. Sadly. <laughs>
1: Use the house phone for a call to headquarters. Check a phone number against an address. And in a little while, be given it. 58th Street off First Avenue near the East River. And outside, and city swelling now with night, the early night, the span to pace solitude, desire, against a later time when somewhere a trumpet will pierce, a woman will giggle, and full night will burst open. But now, the time of easier rhythms, the smiling search, and ride it uptown to a quieter street of river sounds and river longings and a house softly lit, softly admitted to.
6: Please come in.
1: And into a room, lamp shaded in pink and fringed silk, and couch, velvet and rose pink. And in corners, cylinders of hand-painted glass holding sprays of flowering peach branches, pink blossoms, withered. And in a carved cabinet, radio tuned to the gentler air channels. And the woman of the house also.
6: I could dance, I could dance, I could dance.
1: Mrs. Pfeiffer... Dinah,
6: the other name. So, I don't know. Dinah. And we'll get along famously. Oh, dance, I really could. This music is You so understood, beautiful.
1: didn't you? You understood I'm from the police.
6: Is, and you were called Danny. And you don't frighten me one whit, you don't, you and your police. I'm a deserted woman, you know, and I don't frighten easily. Look, I'd... Seven years now, deserted. at Mr. Pfeiffer... Invegles me into marriage, a glorious week of it. Then absconds with my heart and my dreams. Traitor. Deserter. And I, a woman alone, going on seven years now. You haven't found Mr. Pfeiffer yet, have
1: you? That's what I've been trying to tell you. We found someone else. Tyler Gosden.
6: (laughs) Tyler. That idiot, that clown, that love. What's the foolish fellow done now? Mercy me, if bail's required, I'll be on well, to we have... Well, we found
1: him. him in an alley. He'd been beaten to death.
6: Tyler. Laugh a minute, Tyler.
1: Beaten to death. Murdered.
6: I'll cry. I really will. You see, I'm crying. I really am. Well, I'm sorry. You're sorry. He was fun. Tyler did ridiculous things. Once he put on a hat of mine, one of my fans and performed. And other times, he... You're the one who's sorry.
1: There are things I need to know about him. Things that'll help you.
6: Now, I've cried for him. And I've remembered him in all the ways Tyler would want to be remembered. Now, what more could I possibly do?
1: His friends, people Oh, I never
6: knew his other friends. It was something that never stood between us. Tyler had come here, and Valerie and I would rustle up a little something. Valerie? You know about me and Tyler? And you didn't know about Valerie and Tyler? Tell me. Valerie Moore used to live here with me. All this pink, that was her idea. Where is she now? Well, let me finish, will you? Just a week ago, it's what we spatted over. I was so tired of all this pinky pink and day I told her right out. She spilled a pitcher of martinis right over my head. I ordered her out of my house. You
1: know where she is?
6: Tyler told me. Tyler said she had an apartment of her own on West Adiot. 1924 West Adiard. deserted. That's what I am, deserted. All my life, first that Mr. Pfeiffer after a week, then Valerie, now Tyler. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know what, but I'm going to.
1: Miss Moore? Miss Moore? The night time is in full possession now. In cubicle of room with the unlocked door, in the furtive dart and gleamings and probings of reflected light through a room into which fury had siphoned, had whirled, had torn apart, then stilled. Room where struggle had been and reflected light fall on something else, on a woman in loose robe dangling from a light fixture, head thrown back in attitude of silent scream, and body turning slowly, swaying gently to the refracted rhythms of full nighttime. Night dance of woman dead, of woman murdered.
0: You are listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover.
1: A new day of March opens wide over Broadway, holds in suspension its warmth, its winds, its pluming of sunlight. Then let's fall. The process has begun. The process of the seeding of pavements with spring whisperings. And from the stifling platforms, out of shallow light reflected from walls of stained tile, the swarm. Out of depths of earth, where steel hurtles through pillared corridors, where chill underground winds race, the swarm. And at subway exit, pause an instant, bite a lip, lurch into the March day. And farther down the street and perform into office, into shop, in doorway, the day's opening flourish. Hang the night dream on the time clock. And at headquarters, Sergeant Gino Tartaglia, a man with methods and devices of his own.
3: Uh, 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 Pardon me, Danny, but... Not enough sleep last night, Gino? I oh, oh, beg your pardon? Uh, well, what's to beg? Yes, did I have enough sleep last night? I merely answered, that's all. Oh, uh, Don't mention it. I tell you, Danny, comes another spring, I am not going to place myself at the disposal of Mrs. T.
1: Mrs. Tartaglia kept you awake, is that it?
3: First, maybe the chiffonier was on the wrong side of the bedroom, maybe should be on the other side. So get up, hoist it to the other side, as I do not wish a debate. Then of course, suddenly the bed is in the wrong spot. Should maybe be by the window, so a lady could peek out and look on the moon in case she cannot sleep and so desires. So move the bed. You know. Come spring, Tartaglia suddenly emerges from his cocoon, sprouts the muscles. Every spring with Mrs. T, and always at night when a fella.
1: And now you're awake, huh?
3: (coughs) Naturally. You think so? If not now, where else? As follows. Concerning the deceased woman, Valerie Moore, whom you found hanging, a slight record. Oh. In December of last year, a matter of disturbing the peace in a 3rd Avenue bar. Pleaded guilty, paid fine, was released. In May of last year, an altercation with a neighbor. Seemed Miss Moore had lost her house key, was going around beating on neighbors' doors. Let me in, she yodeled. Booked, admonished, released. Such slight goings-on back a period of several years. Nothing big.
1: Uh, anything else?
3: Uh, what else is? That up until a year ago was employed as clerk accountant in the mail-order firm of Metropolitan Products Distribution, Inc., lower Manhattan, West 3rd Street. What else is? Has been living with a Mrs. Dina Pfeiffer until a week and a half ago where you found her last night. Neither of these two ladies, one deserted, one divorced, employed, according to routine checks made by Detective Mugovan, as of now. Nothing else, huh? Who says this is what else? That up until his being beaten to death in an alley, Tyler Gosden was employed also at Metropolitan Products District Manager. Gino. <laughs> a squad car will be there by the time you walk downstairs. Bye, Danny. <laughs>
1: Ride the morning now to 12th Street and find an address. Find a building directory just inside the doorway. Metropolitan Products Distribution Incorporated, four flights up. Past the dealer in stamps and old coins and through the glass door, the gray hair and serenity of a small man seated with a book and a smile. At next flight, collection agency, large man, ledger, and no smile. And upstairs again, Body Conditioning Institute, a sign proclaiming that a Mr. Wilkins, who military pressed 812 pounds at the Chicago World's Fair, will do just the thing for your particular problem with Mr. Wilkins' patented process. Up again, fourth flight, the long loft fitted with many desks and people. The young woman asks name and mission. Be directed to the office at the end of the room and be told by the time you get there, you'll be announced. So past the desks and the people and the mottos tacked to the wall having to do with thinking, watching clocks, and saving nine stitches.
7: Office. Walk in. My name's Jeffrey Hopkins, Mr. Clover. Please be seated. Thank you. It's about Tyler Gosden, of course. That's right. Nobody needed him. Oh? Let's be honest now, shall we? Sure. This was his office. District manager. I said let's be honest. That's why I'm smiling. Go on. Now it's my office. Now that he's dead. Tyler Gosden was, let me see, a despicable man. Yes, I think that's the word. He played practical jokes. I've heard. Such as calling me on a Sunday afternoon and telling me I'd been transferred to Vincennes, Indiana. I'd pack, and he'd call back. I've heard all about that, Mr. Hopkins. Right now,
1: maybe you can tell me something about Tyler Gosden and a woman named Valerie Moore. Yes,
7: I read of her dying, too. I'm sorry about Valerie. Oh, you knew her, too? After she left our employ, she came up here a few times, waited for Tyler. I did my best to entertain her. You liked her, huh? How does a married man like another woman? An attractive, vital woman. One that circumstance demands that all he can do for her is demonstrate how to take apart a key puzzle. I admired her. She was honest. And she and Gosden were friends. And what else can you tell me? The day before yesterday, Thursday, yes? Arthur Ellison was in the office. Who? Mr. Ellison, one of our salesmen from Richmond. He said he had once met Valerie through Gosden, and he wanted her address. I got it out of Gosden's desk and gave it to him. This man's name was Arthur Ellison. Do you know where I can find him? We've got an arrangement with the Ruxton Hotel. Rates. You might try there. I think that's all the help I can be. Please excuse me, Mr. Clover.
8: for you, friend.
1: You Arthur Ellison?
8: That's right, I am.
1: I'm from the police. Name's Danny Clover.
8: I guessed it. I was wondering whether to go back to Richmond and just sit here and wait. Come on in. Thank
1: you. Didn't you wonder about coming down to police headquarters and tell us what you know?
8: A little bit. Then I figured why arrest things. Maybe you could clear this up without me.
1: You were out with Valerie Moore last night, weren't you? Yes, sir. Okay, let's start from there, Mr. Ellison.
8: Well,
1: I. You what?
8: Uh, Got in touch with her. Why? Mm, She's a good sport. Nice lady to take out when you're in town. A lot of fun. Met her once through Tyler Gosden. After that, I made it my business to get in touch with her when I hit New York. You hit New York Thursday. (laughs) Yes, sir. Went up to the office. Worked for Metropolitan Products. Yeah, I I know. Went up there. Checked in. Picked up some new samples. Also Valerie's new phone number. Called her. Made a date for the evening. And you uh, tell me about it. Up here, right where you're sitting, she said. Told her a few jokes I heard on the road. I had a few drinks. Valerie said, come on, let's do the town. I said, hold your horses, honey. I asked a friend up. She says, friend? I said, hold your horses, honey. And she said... Had you asked a friend up, Mr. Ellison? Sure, old friend from the road. Salesman and Notions. Ran into him in a restaurant we salesmen like to eat at. Told him to stop up for a drink. Who's your friend? Johnny, Johnny Dorsey. What's the matter? Nothing, go on. Well, funny thing happened. Johnny come up all right. Sweet guy, I like him. Lonely kind of guy, mostly. You should have seen. Seen what? Well, he comes up, and as soon as he gets in the room, sees Valerie. She busts out laughing, screaming, rolling on the floor, laughing. Mm-hmm. And what did Dorsey do? Just stood there, I guess. I said something funny, like, I've been waiting in the morgue. Then Valerie really laughed, and Finally she got out of control of herself and said to Johnny Boy is the joke ever on you. Johnny turned around and walked out. What about you and Valerie? Finished the drinks, went to floor show. I left her at her place. I come back here. That's it. <laughs>
4: Remember Lieutenant Clover, don't you? Oh, of
1: course. Hi, Lieutenant. Oh, I'm all right. Well, sit down, Mr. Dorsey.
4: <coughs>
2: Thank you. Very
1: Detective good. Muggerman tells me that yesterday you waited a couple of hours at the morgue and you left.
2: Well, one woman was brought in, but she was older. It wasn't Mary.
1: What did you do for the rest of the day, Mr. Dorsey?
2: I wandered. I looked into the crowds. And... For Mary, huh? I'll always look for
4: her.
1: Tell us about Mary, Mr. Dorsey. I've already told you. Do it again. What do you want to know? Oh, you met her, the kind of woman she is, your plans about marriage, things like that.
2: Well, you know, in my line of business, uh, that's traveling, uh, you meet people. Uh, and Mary was different. How? Shy. And she was gentle. I found that she uh, was a woman I could talk to, one who would listen to me. You know, I've been a long time on the road, and that's never happened to me before.
4: So you asked her to marry you?
2: A half hour after I met her, I made up my mind I was going to, and a week later, I did. (laughs) But you see...
1: See what?
2: Well, a man like me, he's always looking. Every person I meet, if a man, I say to myself, can this man be my friend? And if a woman, can she love me? And if she can, then I can
4: love her. Yeah, sure, we understand that, Mr. Dorsey, but a couple of things you've sloughed over.
2: Well, no, no, I haven't. Like how you met Mary Barton. I told you.
4: Yeah, but you didn't mention Tyler Gosden's name when you told us. Well, I didn't think I... Oh, let's you. get off of Mr. Dorsey. Gosden's been murdered, I know it, you know it, so let's have some details, huh?
2: Well, the only thing I know is Mary's gone. What do you mean, gone? Well, she's vanished. I can't find her, you know that.
4: Yeah, we thought we knew that, but not anymore. Uh, Danny? Yeah. Let's take a walk, Mr. Dorsey. <laughs>
1: found this corner, Mr. Dorsey.
4: Well, Mr. Dorsey knows his way. You think you found Mary? You tell us. You tell us.
1: Is the woman you're going to marry?
4: Yes, that's... I've seen it happen a lot of times, Mr. Dorsey. The murderer stands where you're standing, says he's sorry. Well, I... I'm not sorry. Okay, Mugerman. I'm
2: not sorry. I'm... I'm not... Let's go out (laughs) in the hall. We'll sit there and talk
1: for a minute. (laughs) Sit down, Mr. Dorsey. Uh, some water, Mugerman.
9: Yeah.
1: It all goes back to Tyler Gosden, doesn't it, Mr. Dorsey? Uh, The kind of man he was. Practical joker. He was the kind of man Here's
4: your water, Mr. Dorsey.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Mr. Dorsey, you want to tell us about it now?
4: We'll help you. You met that woman through that sterling humorist, Tyler Gosden. That woman, Valerie Moore, big joke, was introduced to you as the sweet, shy, lovable lady you could talk to, Mary Varden.
2: That waited so many years, I... And I thought that finally I'd Yeah, we know. Valerie Moore was just posing as a woman named Mary Varden. Practical joke instigated by a prankster. Yes. They had their joke. And now I They're dead. Because you killed them. They had their joke. I fell in love with a woman who never existed. She disappeared, and I looked for her. And I found her. Drinking with another man. And she laughed at me. And she told me the joke was on me. And it was. Yes. That was Thursday night. And Friday morning, you killed Gaston.:
4: Friday evening, you killed Valerie. That's a real busy Friday, Mr. Dorsey. You don't play jokes with a man's life. That's
2: all a man's life. Well, what else has a man got? I guess many people like me, they realize earlier that their life is over. But they keep on living. They hope and they look. And in between, they just go on and try to laugh at anybody. You know, make jokes. That's why I meant it, and I want you to believe it. For what I did to those two, I'm not sorry. Let's go, Mr. Darson.
1: It's the gathering place of all the sleepless nights, this Broadway, and all the unwept tears. The place to come to, erase what's happened, start all over, make a memory. The street is littered with odds and ends, fit them together any way you want. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world, Broadway, my beat.
0: Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. With Charles Calvert as Tartaglia and Jack Crucian as Mugovan. The program is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. In tonight's story, Howard McNear was heard as Mr. Dorsey. Featured in the cast were Mary Jane Croft, Byron Kane, Rye Billsbury, and Paul Freeze. Bill Anders speaking. <laughs> as My Beat has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.